Hello and welcome to the MUS in Focus podcast, the show that brings experiencing politics at Model European Union Strasbourg closer to your ears. Every episode, we bring to the forefront current and former participants or organizers to help you have a better understanding of how the oldest simulation of European politics operates. And now, let's put MUS in focus. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of MUS in Focus. We've already heard a few interesting things throughout this series concerning our experiences as organizers, also interpreters' experiences of MUS, some tips for debating, and some about our content topics for MUS 2021. And in this final episode, we're going to talk about our adventures from a participant to being an organizer for MUS 2021 and what happened in between. My name is Rhys Nugent. I am Director General of MUS 2021. And I first began with MUS approximately, yeah, three years ago when I participated in MUS 2018 as an MEP. It feels like yesterday, but it was actually three years ago. And I'm happy to be joined today by my good friend, Andrea, um, who was also at that edition of MUS. And it would be awesome if you could just briefly introduce yourself, Andrea, and say who you are and when you first came to be involved with MUS. Hello, everyone. You heard from me in the social aspect of MUS episode. As you heard then, I am this year's organizers coordinator, but I also started my involvement with MUS in 2017, and that's where I met Reese. I started as an interpreter, and it wasn't out of an interest in MEUs or a particular interest in EU politics, to be honest. It was because I was studying a master's in conference interpreting. And when you're an interpreter or an interpreting student, it's very hard to find opportunities for practice. There are no internships, traineeships, or the kind of thing you can find for other degrees. So we jump at any opportunity to practice in a nice setting. And MUS has the nicest setting. So there I went. And um, a year later, in 2019, if I'm not mistaken, it also feels like it was ages ago, I joined, I applied to be interpreters coordinator. So I was an assistant for that year. And then last year I was interpreters coordinator. And from then I became organizers coordinator. It's quite a lot and it, it definitely might sound like a lot to follow, but I can assure all of you listening, it's actually quite a logical transition. So um, to clarify, I met Andrea, I was a participant, but Andrea was already an organizer. So when I first took part, um, it was kind of, you know, it seemed like these people who are professional, who'd been doing it all their lives. And then I was just somebody who had no idea what I was doing. I first became involved with MUS 2018 through seeing an advert on social media. It was on Facebook and yeah, it just looked like something I'd never done before or something that would put me outside of my comfort zone. So I decided to go ahead with it. Why not? As it happened, I really enjoyed it. It was a really good time, but I didn't intend to become an organizer. In fact, I didn't even know it was a possibility. It was only until I think two, three months after the conference that the then DG dropped me a message saying, hey, would you be interested in being an organizer? 
I had no idea what that meant. <laughs> but after having a conversation, I decided to say, why not? And I joined the team for MUS 2019 and met Andrea. So I guess there's a bit of a difference here, right? With me, it was more like, why not? I didn't really have much else to do with my time. I had such a good experience. I thought I could give back. But then with you, Andrea, it really was something that from the beginning, you knew that was also close to your heart and can benefit you professionally, I guess. Kind of. But when you were saying that you had no intention of becoming an organizer, I felt I could really relate to that. When I was an interpreter and I saw the really hard work that the then uh, interpreters coordinators had to put in, I was like, never in my life. That's too much hard work. It's so stressful. And I'm, I'm an introvert. So dealing with so many people and leading a large team like the interpreting team is, I, I thought it was completely like I would be completely out of my depth. And that's why I didn't apply to be an organizer the year after I was a participant. But I don't know, I guess something stayed in me. And a year after I started thinking, hmm, perhaps I could do this. And I guess I saw the ads for the call for organizers, probably on social media as well. And, and I thought it could be a good idea. As you said, especially professionally, um, it's hard to get interpreting experience as I said and it's also hard to get team leading experience if, 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 you, if I may um, so I thought it was a, a good chance and I remembered being part of the interpreting team with fondness and I wanted to create that atmosphere for the next interpreting team so I think that's what pushed me to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense and of course to clarify for everybody listening if you don't know already we are an organizing team made up of young volunteers. None of us are being paid for this. We're all just passionate for the project for one reason or another. And many of us have participated in MUS before. It's normally that experience that really propels us to try and give something back. And of course, you know, who knows? For those of you listening, participating in MUS 2021, do you know that this is also a possibility for you too? Something we'll come back to shortly. But I'm curious, Andrea, because I've known you now, yes, for three years. It's been it's been a wonderful time. Um, but a lot of organizers don't stick around. So a lot of organizers, you know, we volunteer for a year, have a wonderful experience, we gain a lot, um, but life changes. You know, things change. Maybe you have a new job, new studies, but both of us have stuck around. So I'm curious. What was it that made you stick around as an organizer, not only through one cycle, but through multiple ones? And to this day, being our organizer's coordinator, which is a huge responsibility for the team. To be honest, I never thought I would stick around for three organizing cycles as I have now. Um, it's hard to explain. In part, it's the great people that I met here, but you know, listen to the other episode to find out more about that. We will not spend time on this today. Uh, but the people really had a, an important role in, in my decision. And I guess in part, it was also the sad circumstance of COVID. We had um, a kind of pending task last year, um, MUS didn't happen as it was supposed to do and I guess lots of us wanted to close that circle and and stuck around for another year just to to get MUS to to where it should be and become amazing as it will be 
um, so I think that was that was really important to me, but especially the people. I would say. I mean, you asked me to stay this year, so yeah, I don't have to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Riz? What made you stick around for so long? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think it's a bit different from you uh, because when I joined MUS, I was teaching English and I had a lot of free time. I was doing volunteering in my local communities, but the reality is that I wasn't doing anything with a, a European dimension. And of course, perhaps being somebody from the UK with Brexit, it's not too surprising to hear that, yeah, with me, I was wanting to get more involved with European affairs, let's say in general. So MUS was a, a door into this world that I hadn't really known before. So for me, the experience as an organizer was really, really wonderful in 2019. I gained quite a lot from it. In fact, I'd heard about my master's and Erasmus Mundus master's course. I didn't even knew existed. Uh, thanks to meeting people at MUS, there were also a number of other conferences, not only MEUs, but also, let's say, EU-related conferences, more, let's say, political conferences, but also just in general, the fact that these things exist, because uh, I didn't even know that you could, you know, go to these international exchanges. All of these things kind of made me feel that one, I benefit a lot from this personally, not only through the friendships, of course, but perhaps more importantly than that, I gained practical experience that I couldn't get through teaching. So I was given immense responsibility, I would say, and trust to do something which I simply wouldn't have been given. I wouldn't have been given if I had tried to do that professionally outside of MUS. So it was kind of cool. It was kind of cool being able to make something my own especially as participants coordinator for MUS 2020. So I stuck around and then of course, MUS 2020 didn't go as planned, like you know, but it was still a wonderful experience and the opportunity came about to try and lead this year's edition. And I thought, why not? <laughs> it's a longer story than that. But at the end of the day, MUS has given me so much that I felt not only let's say an obligation, but a desire to give back. And so I'm here today and so are you. And it's been three years or so, um, but it doesn't feel like that. You know, it really doesn't. So that's why I stuck around and I've definitely benefited a lot from it. And I think you've already highlighted how you've benefited a lot from it too. So thinking about our participants this year, who of course will be experiencing MUS for the first time. Um, why do you think anybody should consider perhaps not necessarily following in our footsteps, but at least considering applying to become an organizer for next year's edition? I think that's a great question. I think if they end up enjoying this year's edition, that will be a very strong argument in favor. Perhaps they will want to lengthen that memory or lengthen that experience into something beyond these two weekends in September and October that we'll have this year. Um, so hopefully that will be strong enough to make them apply. But if not, I think, as you said, MUS has so much to offer. You and I are in kind of similar roles at MUS right now, but there's such a vast array of roles that you can take on. And every team is unique because it's shaped by each year's DG. So it, this year, it's shaped by recent Tammy, but next year, who knows what it will be like? And I'm sure it will be very exciting to find out. 
no matter what your profile is, what your interests are, what you're studying or what you studied, I'm sure you can find something at MUS that, that tickles your fancy and that you can be good at or that you can learn about. You can be in, you can contact our partners, you can try to get us money, you can uh, come up with the lobbying or interest repre representation strategy, you can manage the interpreters, uh, you can manage the logistics. It's, it's just so wide and there's, there's so much you can learn and so much, so much room for you to put into practice the skills that you learned at university or elsewhere at previous job experience that I think it would be a shame not to do it. And again, you meet great people and you have a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Like thinking about it from my perspective, building on that, I would try and reiterate this aspect of you really do have the opportunity to make something your own from the very first moment you join. And that's quite rare as soon as we, you know, turn into the professional field. That isn't to say that there aren't jobs out there that will give you such freedom, but it's quite rare. And this is one of the wonderful things about youth work, but youth volunteering in particular, is that we really are given this opportunity to leave our mark and to really learn by doing. That is the essence of MUS as a participant. It's also the essence of MUS as an organizer. You know, none of us are going to do things perfectly all the time. We're going to make mistakes and we're going to learn from them. We're also going to get help along the way to try and make sure that we can develop our skills so that we can, whether it be in a professional field or in a personal capacity, that we can develop ourselves and that we can enjoy ourselves while also giving back to a project that has also been important to us. So for me, I would say those are the major things. I would add to that, not only get you get to learn new things, you get to learn from your peers, from other people who are your age or younger or slightly older. And I don't think there are that many contexts where you have that opportunity to learn something from someone who is, I don't know, three years younger than you, but just because they had such a different path leading them to MUS, they have so much to teach you. And I've learned so much from everyone at MUS that it's amazing. I never thought... Uh, like you with your masters and exchange programs i don't know it enriches you and, and you learn a lot absolutely and i think that's a pretty nice note to, to leave it on so to all of you listening if you are participating in mus this year of course i hope you have an absolute blast we're doing our best to make sure you do uh, just know that mus doesn't need to end after the conference week or weekends this year it can go beyond if you want it to, and it can be whatever you'd like it to. And so definitely at the very least consider it. You don't need any experience in anything related to MUS. It doesn't matter if it's the first time that you're actually volunteering, that maybe you're trying to do something communications related, partners related, be it designing the simulation, any of these things, if you're interested, there's a space for you. So please do consider it. And of course, I hope that this episode was also interesting for you in learning how Andrea and I came to find ourselves where we are now because of those experiences. And maybe you could too, who knows? So that concludes this episode. Thank you, Andrea, for your time, for sharing your experiences. Thank you, Rhys. And see you and see everyone at the MUS. Indeed. And thank you for everybody for listening to this series. It was quite a short MUS in Focus series, but we hope it gives you an idea of what's been going on behind the scenes and it puts perhaps stories and faces 
to the organizing team, which we think is so important. So thank you for listening, and we hopefully see you very soon in MUS. Goodbye. If you liked this episode, please rate us on the platform you are using, share the podcast, and tell a friend about it. Until next time on MUS In Focus.